This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody, to the Holland Assets Podcast. This is episode number 45. This is another monthly financials episode. Today, we're going over the March financials. And uh, if you know anything about March of 2020, I mean, if you're listening to this far into the future, this is going to be an interesting one because we're still in the midst of all this coronavirus stuff. Um, But we will get to that in just a moment. I am Craig and Chris joining me remotely. How are you doing, Chris? I'm I'm doing well. Uh, still social distancing, you know, staying away from you because you're apparently going to get me sick. Well, that's probably true. It's uh, either way, whether I'm going to get you sick or not. I'm enjoying the peace and quiet around here. So, <laughs> uh, all right. So, Chris, like I said, today we're going over March financials, which should be an interesting topic to do. So, uh, so I hope people are ready for that. And of course, they can go check out uh, the the numbers that we're going to talk about today at hollandassetsllc.com. So we're going to go, as usual, with these monthly financials episodes. We're going to go through a lot of stuff on the, the P&L, the balance sheet, and uh, people can go see those. They can actually see the numbers we're talking about. You are extremely transparent with all of the numbers because the whole point here is to help people understand what they are getting into or what they have gotten into as an owner operator or a, a, an operator of a small trucking company. And uh, so I, I encourage them to go do that. Anything else that we need to cover before we kind of get started? No, kind of as I was just uh, thinking through this episode and getting the outline drawn up for it and kind of little, you know, make sure I cover the things that I want to talk about. I really started to think, you know, this is really a bittersweet episode because we're going to talk about March financials and March was actually the best month Holland Assets has ever had. But it's also a little bit bitter because the U.S. economy and the trucking industry has is really just going through something that uh, has never been experienced before by any of us in our lifetime with the coronavirus. We're in the middle of it right now. Everything's kind of shut down. I'm, I'm feeling like we're Getting over the hump, though, I, I'm, I think I feel like I'm seeing a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. I, I hope so. You know, we're about middle of April, and, and you know, some of the restrictions that that we have or are facing right now might not start getting lifted by May. But I'd be really surprised with some of the headlines that we're seeing in the news right now and some of the things going on that uh, things don't start getting lifted. May 1st. I don't think it's all going to happen at once. It's not like we're just going to revert back to how life was before coronavirus, but I think it's slowly going to start uh, crawling itself back. Yeah, I, I mean, I certainly hope so. It's uh, We can joke all we want, but it's definitely a difficult time for just about everybody. And so uh, best wishes to everybody out there who's either dealing with social distancing and quarantine or who's out on the front lines, you know, healthcare workers, grocery store workers, truckers, uh, people who have to be out and about. Uh, we, we do appreciate all that. Now, uh, Chris, as per usual, I got to ask you if, if anything cool or interesting or fun is happening out on the road these days. And if it's been the best month ever, then you've got to have some stories from March, right? I do have a good story, but it doesn't have anything to do with money. <laughs> um, 
But it does have a little bit to do with the interesting experience that we have with coronavirus going on right now. Okay. I, I was in, I'm pretty sure it was Atlanta a few weeks ago, dropping off a load, um, kind of right in the middle between dropping one off and picking another one up. I went to Walmart to restock on my supplies. And this is really kind of in the heat of everything when the the store shelves had been absolutely decimated. There just was uh, hardly anything left. People were picking them clean, you know, and that wasn't happening. I mean, it was happening all over the country, not in just, uh, j- just one area. But anyway, so um, it reminded me of a time back when my wife and I first got married. And, and, and I kind of jokingly, you know, when people ask us, how long have you guys been married? You know, 2018, it's been, this will be our 18th year of marriage. But usually when somebody asks and it's 18 years, I tell them 17 years because I kind of don't count that that first year of marriage because it was kind of a rough year for us. And, uh, the, you know, just kind of getting adjusted to each other and, and learning how to live together. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure it was all my fault. I'm sure I, <laughs> I had to just kind of learn what it's like to be a husband. But it reminded me of one of the experiences that we had because I go into the Walmart and one of the things that I like to eat on the road is I'll actually make some tuna fish sandwiches, tuna fish salad sandwich. I don't know what you want to call it. I, I take some tuna fish, add some Miracle Whip to it and some uh, sweet pickle relish and throw them between uh, a couple slices of bread and and that makes a good sandwich for me no it doesn't actually you just alienated half at least half of our audience (laughs) by not doing mayonnaise and dill relish well and here comes the story craig (laughs) i go into the walmart because i had i i had exhausted my supply of sweet relish and it's really funny because my wife and I usually have that fight over um, mayonnaise and Miracle Whip. I'm a Miracle Whip person. She's a mayonnaise person. And I go in to, to replenish my sweet relish, and there is no sweet relish anywhere on the shelves to be found. And there is one lone bottle sitting all by itself of dill relish. I'm like, Meh, it can't be that bad. I'll go get dill relish. Well, so that's what I get. So let's take a step back to that first year of marriage. Um, I, I'm all proud of myself. I decide to make an egg salad sandwich for myself. You know, this is in that first year of marriage. I and, and you know the ingredients are really similar to that that tuna sandwich, and I I mix it all up. And I give it to my wife. She takes one bite of it and just gets this sour look on her face. And, you know, I'm all proud of myself for making her lunch, making me lunch. You know, she's usually the one that she's a much better cook than I. So she usually prepares the food. And, you know, I'm thinking I'm, I'm all this. And I get this just like she practically spits it out, you know. And, and she, <laughs> you know, she goes, what did you use in this? And I name off the ingredients and I'd use dill relish. Well, she didn't like the dill relish. She's a sweet relish person. And so. You know, that was one of those things that kind of made that first year of marriage a little bit rocky. Well, when I went and took a bite of that tuna sandwich after I'd made it on the road with that dill relish that I went and and, um, bought at Walmart, I don't know if, if, if my taste buds are changed or what, but it definitely wasn't good. And so, honey... 18 years ago, when I fed you that sandwich, you were right. <laughs> I was wrong. This sweet relish is better. Uh, wow. I, I mean, 
you could not be more incorrect, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> congratulations on your horrible choices. Um, but I was going to say, if there's no sweet relish on the shelves, at least something good is coming out of this uh, this pandemic. <laughs> well, I guess I guess there's another one of those areas, Craig, where you and I fall on different sides of the aisle. Oh, I I think there's a lot of those. I we don't have to search that hard, Chris. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I always pick the wrong thing. <laughs> All right. Well, Chris, let's talk about your march and why you said, well, maybe let me back up. I do want to talk about why you said it was the best march ever, but maybe want to talk about, you, you, you said it was bittersweet. Let's talk about the bitter part first um, and what's kind of going on in the trucking industry generally. And then we'll talk about how you have navigated that. Yeah, so I, you know, like with everything, that bitter pill is a little easier to swallow if you follow it up with a little bit of sugar, right? Exactly. So let's talk a little bit about the the downside. And with that being said, I mean, this is just such a unique situation because one, you've got an economy that's really, you know, running on one of six cylinders. You know, it's really not doing a whole lot right now while everybody has is hunkered at home and and there's really a limited amount of commerce going on. So it's, it's just crazy. And that's just had a huge impact on the entire economy, but it's really starting to have a big impact on the trucking industry as well. There's just not as much freight moving, not as much stuff going on. So that's hurting everybody. But the good thing is, and I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that because it's a super unique situation, and this has been brought on by something that is not, anyone's fault you know it, it's really a, a like a natural disaster but at a bigger scale it's a it's a sickness that everybody's dealing with and so one the government's you know taking unprecedented steps to help out and and businesses are doing the same thing you take um, insurance companies you take banks and and a lot of other institutions like that are doing a lot of things to try to help you know your small business owner specifically through this kind of a situation so we're going to talk a little bit about some of those things you know this is like i said no fault of our own and because of that um a lot of people are, are helping out to make it so that we can all get through this together, come out well on the other side, and hopefully jump right back into a fairly normal economy. It's going to take a little bit of time to ramp up, but I wouldn't be surprised, you know, once they start releasing the, the uh, restrictions within a, a month or two, you know, the economy is probably going to be back up to five cylinders and, and probably that six cylinder is going to start pinging too. And, and we should, uh, be get getting back to fairly close to normal, hopefully relatively quickly. Yeah, I certainly hope so. So if you, you said there's just not as much freight going around, uh, do you get a sense from others who are out on the road or maybe your dispatcher or anybody else you work with? Um, what, just how bad the problem is for the average owner operator? Well, I, I don't want to sugarcoat it. I, I think for most, the average owner operator, it's pretty bad, especially if you're relying on the spot market, which is a lot of the freight that brokers put out there. Um, you're having a hard time. There's just not as much. You, you can't keep your truck moving all the time consistently like you normally would. And the rates just aren't 
aren't good. And so you've got to make some, you know, hard decisions and, and you've got to do some things to try to mitigate some of that. And one of the things I want to kind of revisit that we've talked about in previous episodes that will help us figure out, okay, how do we get through this, um, is our, um, lesson on fixed costs versus variable costs. Now, oh, sure. um, Craig, you, you remember what fixed costs are, right? You're darn right. I do. Uh, okay, so all right, let me let me see if I can do this. And let me let me ask you me. this. Let me think. Can you tell me what the two biggest fixed costs a trucking company, typical trucking company, is going to have? Well, uh, so your truck payment uh, yeah, and well, your I, and your employee cost. Or no, that's a variable cost, isn't it? No, so it is a variable cost. Dang it! Uh, so your truck payment and your insurance payment. There you go. Very good. So I'm going to lump truck and trailer into one. So those two payments are going to be probably your biggest monthly expense. And then your next biggest is going to be your insurance. And and those traditionally are considered fixed costs. Your employee, you know, if you're an owner operator, you're the driver, you know, a lot of times you're paying yourself by the mile, whatever driver you've got, you're paying them by mile. And, and so, I mean, there's a couple things you can do here. If you've got employee drivers and you can't find freight, um, it may not be a bad idea to put them on unemployment. In fact, in a lot of situations, you know, especially for the people that are making, you know, $60,000 or less a year, unemployment because of the incentives that the government is putting on right now, they actually might make a little bit more money on unemployment than they would normally. That's amazing. It, so it is can amazing. You, can an so owner operator put himself on unemployment? Yeah, they're still kind of working some of that stuff out. Traditionally, an owner-operator, a self-employed person cannot, but because of some of the stimulus package stuff, it sounds like they are starting to let self-employed people do that. Hmm, interesting. So I And I assume from what you're saying, we don't necessarily have any uh, wisdom to offer on how to go about doing that yet. I don't have the specifics. I do know every the unemployment offices in every state are working around the clock to work through this. They have resources. So check, check with your state's unemployment offices. They can help you through the process and show you how to do it. It's, it's different in every state because it's really it's, it's a state-administered um, program. So get with them and they can help you out with that. Yeah. Okay. So with these fixed payments, let's zero in then on the truck and trailer payment that you mentioned. What what can people do about that right now? So I actually just called earlier this week, Packard Financial, who's the company that I've got my truck um, finance through. And two good things, you know, good, good and bad. I call them, they're super busy. They're slammed with people trying to get help right now, but they are doing everything that they can. And I truly believe this after talking to the person I spoke to over the phone, that they are trying to get through this situation and give assistance to everybody that they can. So here's what they're telling me. And I think I've, I've talked to some other financial institutions about other things that are somewhat related. Um, and it sounds like everybody's trying to do something similar. So this is what Packard's told me is one, they're slammed. They can't give me an answer today, but they took all my information. They took my account number and they said, it's going to take two to three weeks 
to work through this process and for them to be able to tell me what's going to happen. So they said if they if I hadn't received an email from them by the 1st of May to call back and follow up, but they said they anticipate that it's just kind of a rubber stamp thing. They're going to give this to everybody who asks a three-month deferment on your truck payment. Wow. So basically what that means is you don't have to make your payment for three months. It doesn't mean you still don't owe the money. They're basically just putting it off. You don't have to make it for three months. And, you know, they're basically just going to kind of tack that three months on the end. It's not like they're making the payment for you or forgiving that those payments, they're just letting you push that further off so that, you know, it'll help ease the cash cash flow crunch. And, and that's a perfectly, in my, in, in, in my opinion, that's a perfectly good situation, a perfectly good resolution to this problem. It's fair to them because they'll still earn the money. It's fair to us because we don't have to put the money out today. We can get through this and then get the truck turning again and then start making payments once things have settled down a little bit. Yeah, okay. So that's uh, the truck and trailer payment, and then you also mentioned insurance, or I should say I mentioned insurance because I got the answer right eventually. Uh, Tell me about insurance and if there's anything that people can do about that right now. Every insurance carrier is going to be a little bit different, but my point is, is that you need to talk to your insurance person, and there's some things that they can do. If you're just going to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to collect the unemployment, I'm going to defer my truck payments, and I'm just going to sit for three months. They should let you, in most situations, either completely reduce your coverages down to where the insurance costs are bare bones, or they may even let you put it on hold for those three months and then get things back up and going again once, um, once you know again things settle down a little bit so your insurance carriers for the most part it sounds like are going to give you a similar type situation it's not going to be exactly the same as with uh with your truck payments because it's not quite as um, cut and dry um, black and white with insurance as it is with truck payments because they still have risks there's still things that kind of go into that but they will give you big you know, do a bunch of things to kind of help you through this situation. So you need to contact them, do the same thing, get those two fixed costs, your truck and trailer payments, your insurance payments, um, taken care of. And that's going to put you in a much better situation than you probably are right now. Right. You know, they may be different, like you said, but the common theme here is just ask, find out, right. You're not going to know, uh, as you said, every company is going to be a little bit different. It's not like there's a, a state mandated or federally mandated program for either of these things. And so you're going to have to go ask, find out what that company can do for you. Right. Yeah. Again, it just boils down to, like you said, you know, every we're all in this together. The situation is no fault of your own. It's not like you've been making bad business decisions or doing stupid things that have got you into this mess. You know, typically when, when you get yourself into your own mess, people aren't nearly as willing to help you out, but this is something that has fallen on all of us. And so everybody's doing everything that they can to kind of help us get through this. The last thing, the insurance companies, the last thing your banks want is for you to go out of business, because if you go out of business, then, you know, not only are they losing 
you know, two or three months worth of revenue from you, but they're losing six months, a year, two years, a lot more revenue further on down the road. And they just, they don't want to see that happen. And so they're going to do everything that they can to help you get through this with, you know, as long as it's within reason so that you come out okay on the other side and can get right back at it and we'll all start making money again. Here's hoping, right? Okay. So Chris, let's talk about variable costs then. Uh, is there anything to go over with variable costs or is that going to kind of take care of itself if you're just not really out on the road? The variable costs for the most part will will just take care of themselves because you know, you're not going to be putting fuel in your truck. Um, we talked a little bit about the driver's stuff. You're, you're either not going to pay them or, you know, if you're an owner operator and you're paying yourself, you can put yourself on unemployment. There's some, some things that you've got there to kind of help you through that. Um, the, everything else for the most part, you're not going to be paying maintenance, maintenance expenses on the truck repairs, you know, any of that kind of stuff. So for the most part, the variable costs should just take care of themselves. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is, uh, again, the bitter part of the bittersweet episode. And hopefully not everybody is in, uh, you know, a, a really dire situation. Hopefully a lot of people are still able to get out on the road uh, and make a little bit of money. And let's talk, Chris, about what you have been able to do in the month of March um, and maybe even take a little sneak peek at how your April has been since I think April's even been worse than March so far. Uh, but yeah, let's start talking about what your situation has been. So yeah, March has actually been, was actually a really, really good month. So let's kind of go over the numbers that we've traditionally talked about. Um, every time we cover one of these monthly financial podcast episodes, um, you can see all this stuff as Craig mentioned at the beginning on hollandassetsllc.com. This is episode 45. Um, and you can follow along with this if you're able to listen and look at the same time. But basically, um, the total number of miles ran in March was 12,086, which is a pretty good number of miles. And we only had um, 602 deadhead miles, which is right around that 5% mark, which is is kind of ideally what we're going for. You know, obviously, you'd want to get zero, but that's pretty unrealistic. 5% of deadhead miles is pretty darn good. Yeah, nah, not bad at all. So what did your total revenue end up being? The total revenue in, in freight hauled, so fees that I collected just for hauling freight, was $22,083. Total revenue was $22,408. That included a little bit in lumper fees that I'd had to pay. But if you look at it just in the freight hauled sense, it's the most um, hauling assets has ever earned in a single month. So that's always a really good thing. Very nice. Um, all right. So that gives you, let's do a little math here, Chris. You've got just over 12,000 miles and uh, 22,400 in your revenue, 408, I suppose, if we're being specific. Uh, so your your rate per mile comes out to 185. Now, I remember through, was it January, December, January, maybe even February, that your rate was actually better than that. Um, it, and so your, your rate has gone down a little bit, right? It was. Yeah. It, uh, the rate per mile was a, a little bit over $2 a mile those months, but, uh, we were able to run just so many miles and the dollar 85 still isn't too bad, you know, especially because that includes all the deadhead miles too. Um, it, it actually was a, you know, 
not not too bad. It it, it overall it, it made for a, a pretty good month because we were able to get that rate on quite a few miles. Um, it, uh, it it helped us out quite a bit. Well, and you were out on the road longer this month than you had previously. I mean, you had truck issues at the end of last year. Yeah, you had training with the National Guard uh, both at the end of last year and now at the beginning of this year as well. Um, and so finally in March, you didn't have any of those issues and you got to actually get out on the road for a full, uh, what was it, 21, 22 days? Yeah, March was a was just it was a solid month all around because of that. Yeah, I was able to just run, didn't have you know really any truck issues, anything significant there, or trailer issues or anything like that. Fourteen full days on the road, and then eight partial days on the road. So for a total of twenty two days on the road, which is a you know r- right about where I want to be for the month. That twenty twenty two range is is usually pretty good. So I, I want to get to the question of how you are able to do this when so many people are uh, are kind of struggling right now. Uh, but first, I, I just want to tell people, I, I do want to address that question. But before we get to that one, uh, I just want to ask you if, if there's anything else on the P&L that we want to go through as far as highlights on that. Yeah, a couple of things I just want to point out is you'll see this when you're looking at the P&L, the net income. Um, it was the best net income, the bottom line that we've ever had. So that net income, that's the only number that really, really matters because that's essentially, you know, your profit for the month. That's how much money, you know, you're taking home. If you're an owner operator, you're taking your driver pay home plus the the net income. And so the the net income was $8,224.22. So just a great month for that number that is really the one that matters the most. Um, so it, it, it was a good month. There's a couple factors, a couple things that uh, I want to point out with that. But before I get to that, I, I want to kind of emphasize with everybody a little bit of a business lesson here. That $8,224, a good month, but that's one of those things you don't want to go spend all of that money in one place, especially now, because you look at that, that's what I made in March. Well, because of what we're going through with the coronavirus right now, April's going to be tough. You know, I, I'm pretty confident in saying that I'm going to lose money in April because I just haven't been able to keep the truck moving like I normally would. I, you know, I had a, a couple good loads early on in April, but since then, um, you know, the last week's been, it's been tough. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. It's kind of like, have you remember hearing that, uh, Bible story, you know, for you, the, those of you that aren't religious, you know, this is a, a good lesson to be learned. It comes out of the Bible. You, you remember the story about Joseph in Egypt? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you said feast and famine, that's about the first place my brain went, honestly. Yeah. If you, if you ever hear this story of Joseph, um, you know, it's, they, they did a musical about it, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Um, it's Joseph in Egypt. He goes in and he has a, a vision per se, or he actually, no, the Pharaoh has a vision and Joseph interprets it where he sees, you know, seven fat cows and seven lean cows, I, you know, basically, and shows that, you know, Joseph says, you're going to have seven good years. And during those seven good years, you need to store all your grain because then there's, it's going to be followed by seven years of famine. So this is a principle that's happened for 
you know, centuries for millennial, however you want to, you want to put it. It's one of those things that when times are good, March was a really good month. You need to set aside some of those profits to help get you through the lean times. Cause no matter what kind of business you run, you're always going to have those cycles. You're going to have the good times. You're going to have the lean times and the good business owners that follow this sound principle of, you know, you don't have to store away all of your profits. You can enjoy that feast to a certain extent. Just don't be gluttonous. You know, just don't go overboard on the the riches that you've earned. Put some of that away. Save it for a rainy day because those rainy days are going to come and, and you need to be ready for it. And that's really one of the things that makes a big difference between a good sound business owner and somebody that just kind of flies by just by the seat of their pants. This has been Business Bible Hour with Chris. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, <laughs> All right. So, Chris, um, we have at HollandAssetsLLC.com. That's HollandAssetsLLC.com. Uh, like I said, we've got the P&L that people can actually look at themselves and follow along. There's also a balance sheet. Anything from the balance sheet that you want to touch on? No, there wasn't really anything big in the balance sheet. It's it's kind of a lot of the same stuff that we've been reporting on there's nothing nothing really significant to go over this month on the balance sheet okay good so then i can finally get to my question which was how did you do it in march was there any trick to it or is it just the application of the principles you've been talking about for a year now on this podcast uh, and getting out there on the road or you know was there any strategy to this a lot of it's just the application of the principles. There wasn't a whole lot of strategy to it. In reality, it was just going out, working hard as I've gained more experience and, and my authorities gotten older. I've been able to get some jobs from places I wouldn't have been able to get them before. You know, I've run hard, um, I had a few good things happen in the month of March. One, um, part of the reason that net income was so high is I didn't have to make an insurance payment in March. Insurance payments are kind of funny. A lot of the times in most insurance policies, they require you to put a pretty big down payment down, and then they only collect payments for nine months instead of another 11 months. So you typically have a couple months where you don't have to make an insurance payment. But even with that being said, my net income would have been you know, 6,500, 7,000 for the month, even without that, if I would have had to make an insurance payment um, so that's still a really super solid month. And then your repairs and maintenance were pretty um, reasonable in March, which which always helps the bottom line a little bit. And then another thing that happened, and we talked a little bit about this, I think in last week's episode, um, fuel has just gotten really cheap and that's, that's helped out too. Um, so you, that's one of those things you're going to, you know, in the cycle of business, you're going to have those really good months, those bad, bad months, the normal months. And, you know, you just kind of have to, be a smart business person and even those out a little bit and save a little bit of money so that, um, you can, you can prosper for a long time. You know, one thing that I really like that I've, I've heard time and time again is really applicable here is, um, pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered. So when you've got that, that big chunk of cash that comes in, if you're a pig, enjoy some of it, save some of it, you're good. If you're a hog and just eat it all up, you're, you're asking for trouble. You know, I don't, I don't remember hearing that one in Bible study, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> well, I, I've gone to more schooling than just Bible study. You know, Bible study is important, but uh, you got to expand your horizons a little bit and learn some principles elsewhere as well. Well, uh, 
Chris, thanks for walking us through it. So essentially, if anybody is kind of joining us lately and has gotten into the Holland Assets podcast after, say, episode 35 or so, um, a lot of what we're talking about when we say application of the principles that we are, you know, that we've discussed on this show, that comes in a lot of those earlier episodes. So if you haven't listened to those or if it's been a while and you want a refresher, I would really encourage everybody to go back and listen to those. Make sure you're subscribed on whatever podcaster or podcast app that you use uh, so that you can go back and listen or re-listen to those episodes uh, where we do talk about those fixed costs and variable costs and insurance and, uh, you know, how to keep your fuel costs down and all that sort of stuff. So uh, absolutely go back and listen to that so that when things like this come up, you have a tool belt that's full of stuff ready to go uh, as you need it in a difficult time like this. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I think the moral of this podcast, this episode is just really, you know, use that, uh, that sound business logic and that principle to, um, you know, save a little bit of money when times are good so that you've got uh, a little bit of cushion when times aren't so good. And then like right now, when times aren't so good, you've got some resources, go after those resources, use those resources. We all have to hunker down a little bit for the next few months as we work through, um, the, the softening of the economy because of the coronavirus. But if you are diligent and you work hard at, um, applying the business principles and utilizing the resources that are available to you. A lot of resources have become available from the government, from your banks, from your insurance companies, and from other partners that you do business with. Um, a lot of places right now are reducing payments on things, eliminating payments, allowing you to defer payments, utilize those and, you know, defer as much as you can so that you can kind of keep the lights on. They may be a little bit dim for the next few months, but then you'll be able to flip a switch, turn things back on and hit the road hard as soon as, you know, restrictions are lifted and the economy starts to, to crank over again. Here, here. All right. Well, uh, here's hoping, Chris, that your April isn't too bad. I guess we will reconvene in, well, I mean, we'll reconvene in a week on a different subject, but in a month, I'm excited to hear about uh, about how April goes and uh, see if you even are human uh, and if you can have a down month. We'll we'll find out. I, I, I think you'll see my human side in April. I'm pretty <laughs> confident of that. All right. Well, I will uh, chat with you again next week then, Chris. Okay, sounds great. Have a good week, Craig.